Imagine just for a second that you are a newer teacher, not your first year, but, you know, younger in your career. And you decide to accept the position. The position is halfway through the school year, right? And you're excited. You're thrilled. They really sold the position to you during the interview. Then you show up. In reality, whack, it slaps you in the face. And you find out that you are inheriting a classroom. They had 13 teachers before you. (gasps) How are you going to react? What do you do in that moment? And if you wanted to powerfully serve that classroom and get those kids to perform at levels that they never performed before, what would your approach be? Is it even possible? Well, that's Erica's story, and she's my guest today, and we're going to start there. We're also going to talk about why it matters to create caring classroom cultures, the importance of knowing yourself as an educator, the importance of reflection. And I think, you know, if if you like the stuff that I typically put out, you're really going to gel with Erica as well. Hey, it's Danny. Welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. A show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after a few short messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Programs run July 20th to August 17th, 2022. Apply by Friday, July 8th for our upcoming cohort at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. Are you automatically tracking online student participation data during covid Innovative school leaders across the country have started tracking online student participation using TeachFX because it's one of the most powerful ways to improve student outcomes during COVID, especially for English learners and students of color. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. Hey, Ruckus Maker. We are joined with an old Ruckus Maker friend, colleague of mine from back in the day in Chicago, So Erica Horsley is here, a teacher, coach, consultant, mom, and founder of Love Morty. With 16 years of experience teaching, she now offers coaching and consulting services, supporting teachers holistically so that they can show up regulated to co-create caring classroom communities with ease. I really love that description, caring classroom communities. Well, we'll dig into that for sure. But prior to getting there, Erica, we're going to go to like... A classroom you inherited, and it may not have been the most caring space, at least at first. You took took the gig uh, mid-year, I think, if I got my notes right. And there were 13 teachers before you. Yes. Tell us that story. Yeah, sure. So I was excited to find the school. It seemed like it would be a really good fit for me. And 
I had had a difficult departure from my previous school, which was why I was mid-year. I had taken some time off. But um, yeah, in the interview, they didn't quite give me all of the information. <laughs> I knew it was going to be challenging, but they did not tell me it was 13 teachers. They failed to uh, tell me that the, la- the very last teacher ran out crying like the first day or something. And even the principal had tried to go in there. Nothing, nothing was working for them. Security was posted up outside the door because every day there was something. And so, yeah, I didn't know all of those things going in. I knew a little bit, but I just went in and they also introduced me, unfortunately, and in a way that they were like trying to intimidate the kids, Mm -hmm. which I didn't appreciate because that's not my approach. And I think that's why, you know, some of the other people didn't work out. So when I went in, it was more of a, I remember telling them like, hi, I'm, you know, Miss Mortensen, because that was my name at the time. And, and I'm going to be your sub you know, or your teacher through the end of the year. And, you know, let's go. And they were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't believe me at all that I would be sticking around because they had no reason to really. But I won them over slowly, slowly, but surely. And honestly, I thought it, I was surprised by how surprised other people were. Like, how did you do that? At the end of the mm-hmm. year, the principal was like, you raised ACT scores, like security stopped coming around because I didn't need them, like all this stuff. And she was just like, how did you do it? And I was just like, I just, I showed up every day. I cared about them. I told them I was going to teach them. And I did, I held them to high standards, but gave them support. Like I got to know who they were and, you know, let them know that things are going to be different. And I remember even, um, when spring break came around this one little boy, he looked up at me and he was like, are you going to be back after spring break? Mm. And I was like, yeah, of course I am. And he was just like, it just gave me this look, like I'll believe it when I see it. So There was definitely a lot of abandonment issues there with those kids. Yeah, it sounds like it. So you you talked about how the the students experienced success and and greater success than anybody expected, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe even themselves too, except Mm -hmm. you had those expectations. And that's always something, you know, I, I think about that kids will rise or fall to the level of expectations for them, you know, set by the classroom teacher. So you were a great example of that. Uh, but I do, I do want to unpack more just what it looked like to, to build the relationships, you know, and build the culture. I think this translates to school leadership, too, and what you do with, you know, the adults, right? Yeah. But I want to encourage the ruckus maker listening. And I know there's some classroom teachers who listen, too, but mostly principals, APs. You know, you want to, you want to share this episode with your faculty, um, for sure. So let's, let's dive a bit deeper into, like, yeah, what that relationship building looks like. Because you know, we hear the before and after. Mm-hmm. There's a lot in the middle, right? So so yeah. give us some of that. Sure. I think, you know, in, in the bio you mentioned, I, I like to co-create the classroom environment. So I think yeah. that that's a big piece because a lot of times teachers come in and say like, look, this is how it's going to be. And <laughs> you're going to listen to me because I'm the teacher. And, you know, these are the rules and this is how it's going to go. And there's 30 other people in the room who have an opinion of how it might go. And I think a lot of times we dismiss that because they're kids and we, we don't respect them in the same way that 
I think we should. And so for me, feedback is really important. Like I, I would often give out written forms for asking specific questions of like, how do you feel about this? What do you want to see here? What do you want this classroom to feel like? What do you think are some rules that should be in place and how should we hold them, hold people accountable? So, and, and allowing students to do that anonymously and then actually reading them and responding to them, you know, and saying like, okay, I saw that a lot of people are struggling with this or want this to be part of the classroom. So that's what we're going to do. And a lot of times I've also used that to uh, create contracts. So like not only for the students, but they also create one for me. So like, let's talk about what this looks like for you to get what you need from me and for us to function as a community, what, what you all need to do. So I think that's a big piece of it because just like showing the students that you care about their opinions and that you will actually listen to them and um, use that to, to help create the classroom. I feel like that's a huge, huge factor in developing those relationships because you can always, you know, I've seen a lot of strategies where it's like, you know, spend five minutes with one kid, you know, like, intentionally spend time like asking about their hobbies and things like that which is great but I don't know I feel like giving them ownership and making them feel valued in the classroom and then those other things kind of come up more naturally so I think that's a big piece to it and even just like being at the door when class starts and greeting everyone and saying hey how's it going good to see you learning names immediately and knowing them Like there's so many tiny little things that make such a big difference. And like, not just knowing their names, knowing how they say it, how they spell it, you know, all what nicknames they prefer, what they want to be called. All of those things show the kids that you value who they are as an individual. And that goes such a long way. Yeah. It's all about communicating. You're important. I see you. I hear you. You know, you, 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 you matter to me. I was laughing a bit because some of that stuff is just such common sense, right? Like be at the door, greet kids, you know, be, be enthusiastic, <laughs> right? Like that, that, yeah, yeah. I'm happy that you're here today type of thing. Yeah. But the sad reality is that it's not common practice, right? It's really um, not. That should also give uh, maybe a teacher listening or, or a school leader listening some hope because those things are very doable, <laughs> And it's yes. like a low bar and it actually has, has a high return on investment Yes, done over time. So, but then the big, the big idea there that I want to continue prying open is this, this concept of a two-way street, right? Like recognizing there's 30 other humans in the, in the room and figuring out, you know, making sense of what an effective class looks like for them. So one of the questions I have, you talked about like this contract that they, that you had with them, they had with you. So maybe you define sort of the, your role and promise as a teacher and signed it with the students. You know, I'm not, I don't know that if this ever happened, but did they ever like hold you accountable? Like, right? Like, hey, teacher, you said you'd do this and maybe it wasn't your best moment because after all, you are human too and make mistakes. But did, did anything like that ever happen? Yeah. I think like usually it was, this was usually like right at the beginning of the year. Most of the time by the end of the year, middle of the year, they forgot about it or like 
they had what they needed. I mean, they were able to, you know, regular with the regular feedback forms, they could come, come at it that way. But yeah, there were definitely, definitely times. And I, I guess that's another piece of it too. Like I want kids to call me out. I encourage kids to call me out and like yeah. in a respectful way, obviously, right, but right, like, right. I'm also human. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to, you know, forget things. And so it's really important to me that they feel comfortable saying stuff like that to me. Like, Hey, you said you were going to do this and you didn't. And it's like, you're right. You know, let me, let me fix that. Cause that's, I think that's an important part too, you know, like we don't need to be prideful and, and think that we're infallible. Like we're, we will make mistakes and we have to be able to take that difficult feedback and take ownership of it and apologize and, and make it right. You know, what would you say to the ruckus maker listening who has a fear, right? I think, I think the biggest objection to what you're sharing if I could put myself in their shoes would be uh, I'm giving up my power, right. Or, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. My response would be, it's, it's all an illusion. <laughs> like, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't have that. What do you think you have? Yeah. And like, how's it working out for you already? Like <laughs> gripping it. But is there, is there anything you would add? You know, do you have a different take? No, I mean, I definitely, I think, I think that illusion of power is part of the problem. I think that, because when you, when you come in with that attitude of like, I'm the adult, I have the answers, I have the training, I am the one, they should be respecting me as an elder, whatever it is. Like, there's a lot of, of power mindset in that. And I think that when you come in with that mindset, you're coming into control. You're coming in to work on compliance. You're not coming in to form relationships and build a community. And you're setting yourself up for power struggles. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think that being able to share power in an appropriate way with the students is a good thing and an important thing because ultimately this is for them, right? If we say that we're doing this for the kids, but we want to have power over them. So is that really for them if it's controlling them? So yeah, I think that's one of one of many major mindset shifts that that needs to happen in teachers and in schools. And I think because again, like the biggest thing is that when those power struggles disappear and when you have that respect in the classroom of each other and they the students of each other, the students of the teacher, the teacher of the students, everything's easier. Like you, you, you don't have to waste as much energy trying to hold on so tight to your power because you can share it. And like a kid says, we should do this this way. Okay, cool. Let's try it. You know, there's just a lot more ease to it and it can take a lot of the burden and stress off of our teachers, which is needed. Totally. I have a... Ruckus Makers listening has heard this story before. I'm going to condense it very short. I learned some phrases that are basically like Jedi mind tricks, right? There's nothing funnier for a student to see an adult lose their cool, right? And just mm-hmm. out of, act out of control. It's hilarious because you're an adult. You're supposed to be an adult. Yeah. And honestly, back in the day, I would take things very personally, right? So if somebody said I sucked, was the worst teacher, so on and so forth. 
you know, I would escalate the situation and then the kid would end up probably getting written up. Then I learned these Jedi mind tricks and the kid would say, you know, Mr. Bauer, you suck as a teacher. And I'd be, and I would say, you're probably right, you know, or that could be, or maybe, or, you know, those type of phrases. And I just, I wouldn't do the verbal sparring with them. And at first they'd be like, what? Did you hear what I just said? And I said, yeah, you're probably right. I probably do suck as a teacher. So yeah, sorry about that. Thanks for the that. feedback. Yeah, thanks for the feedback. And once they figured out, oh my gosh, I can't get this guy to, you know, jump on the emotional roller coaster with me. He's not going there. Uh, literally, I never wrote up a student again. Zero write-ups after that moment. And yes. so, you know, that, that's the thing. So I'm glad we kind of talked about that a bit. Now, yeah. you know, you you were a big catalyst for the change in the classroom. You know, I don't hear how the principal supported, maybe he or she did or didn't. And that's, you know, I don't want to talk about this principal specifically, but I, I think school leaders can actively help educators improve classroom and school culture. So what, yeah. what have you seen in your experience that works or, or what would you encourage the ruckus maker listening to do from a, a school leadership level? Sure. Unfortunately, most of my experiences were not in schools with very helpful leadership. Not all of them, not, not the school that we were both at, but um, yeah, I think I was just speaking with a teacher yesterday about the support that they have. One of the things in, in what you were just sharing is like, in order to be able to, the other piece is like adults have to be able to regulate their own emotions. Right. And, and be, have the time and space to calm down and reflect. And, you know, especially now in schools, everything's so heightened. There's been so much trauma. There's been so much going on that, you know, a lot of, of teachers even don't have the tools to be in their bodies and be calm and be regulated and be able to respond in the way that you suggest. And I suggest. So, I think a big part of it is, is, you know, giving more space for that kind of thing and tools even, which is, you know, part of what I'm trying to do with my coaching and professional development that I offer. It's like, it's a combination of things. There are so many different aspects to how teachers are able to show up in the classroom, but if they themselves are not well, then they can't do the things that make it easy in the classroom. So I think, Part of it is supporting teachers with their own wellness and not just saying like, all right, yes, you need self-care, go get self-care. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? And how can you create space for that in the actual school day? And if that's, you know, taking away some other responsibilities that aren't, don't have to be done, if it's paperwork, whatever it is, I think, you know, what I hear from teachers almost more than anything is that you know, they're so busy. There's so much work. There's no time for that. And if they could just focus on teaching, if they could just focus on, you know, making their classroom that kind of space, then they would be okay. But it's all this other stuff piled on top. So I think the more leaders can remove from teachers' plates and then also provide the, not only the, um, care for well-being and regulation strategies and mental health, but also, the tools for specifically in a difficult classroom, then what do you do? How do you create that environment where everybody can be at ease? I know there's, you know, there's things like calm classroom that can be used with students as well. So there's, there are a lot of tools out there, 
um, including my PD, <laughs> that can can support in that as well. But those would be the the biggest things I think I would recommend. I'm really enjoying our conversation. We're going to pause here for a quick message from our sponsors. And when we get back, I want to talk about how you define micro PD and why it matters. Learn the framework, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community with Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership. A joint collaboration between the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Business School. Connect and collaborate with fellow school leaders as you address your problems of practice in our online professional development program. Apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com slash Harvard. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose virtual PD is equipping thousands of teachers with the skills they need to create engaging equitable, and rigorous virtual or blended classes. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. All right, and we're back with Erica Horsley, who is helping teachers holistically so they can show up regulated and co-create caring classroom communities. Who wouldn't want that? So definitely encourage you to reach out and and connect with Erica if you are resonating with the message. Uh, Before the break, I said, hey, I'd love to hear your definition of micro PD and why why it even matters. So what would you say? Yeah, so when when I was designing my program, I'm really you know, considering the teacher experience and the teacher's day to day and what that has been like for me. And generally, in my experience, PD is something that happens a couple times a year. And it's, you know, all the staff goes and gets this presentation and then go forth and do, you know, and, and, Sometimes they're great presentations and it's stuff that you get really pumped up about and want to do. And sometimes they're not, but either way, what I feel like is missing is like follow through and like support and actually implementing a lot of the things that we learn about. And so that, in addition to the fact that um, a lot of the work that I want to do is just it's practice, right? It's part of the practice of how you show up every day, how you show up in the classroom, how you show up for yourself. And so my PD is very, very short, but very, very frequent. So I'm meeting with teachers sometimes as little as 30 minutes, but every week. And so there's, there's that group support and those teachings, but it's very bite-sized, you know? So one, it doesn't take a lot of time out of their day. And two, it's easily applicable and they can practice it right away and get feedback right away. So I also include um, Voxer office hours so that 
there, we'll have a teaching. We'll talk about it. This is your practice for the week. And then we can check in and be like, how's it going? What's coming up? What, you know, what do you need additional support with? So it's really about, you know, it's the inner work. There's a lot of inner work in it in terms of shifting, shifting mindsets, shifting how you're approaching the day and then getting the support and the practice and the implementation. So it's not just another lesson or idea that you don't have time to follow through on. Yeah. Do you have sort of a perfect teacher that, that, you know, you're able to serve the best by any chance? I'm I'm curious. Yeah. I think, you know, I think the teachers who can, can feel and can see that things aren't going the way that they want to in their classroom. I think a lot of teachers have an idea of who they want to be and how they want to show up, but they don't necessarily know how to get there. And so that's really, I think, the teacher I can best support because we know there are some teachers who are set in their ways and don't want to change. Like, this is work, right? So the teachers have to be willing to do the work, but it's with a lot of support and it's with keeping in mind what their day-to-day looks like. So keeping it really flexible, keeping it light, so that it doesn't feel like a burden, but feels like, you know, doable. Got it. And I believe for the Ruckus Maker listening, you have a pretty cool gift. And, and we'll link up how to get that in the show notes. Uh, but for now, can you talk about this, this download? And I think it's uh, focused on reflection questions. Yeah, it is. It's it's called Recenter Yourself and Recenter Your Classroom. And it's really just... Digging in, I think a big a big piece of the work is reflection. A lot of time, we don't have the time to sit and reflect and think about what, who do I want to be as a teacher? What is my vision? And so this is a series of questions that just invites you to think through those things and think through how it is you want to show up. It helps guide you towards some of the mindsets that might be getting in your way. So it just helps kind of open that up a little bit. So yeah, and the summer could be the perfect time to dig into that while you have a little bit of space. I think so. So totally free and encourage the ruckus maker to download that. It is definitely aligned, you know, with a lot of the work that I do supporting school leaders. What I find is people need to be woken up. You know, they have aspirations, goals, reasons, you know, why they became an educator. And then life just happens and to no fault of their own, they're just going through the motions of the day-to-day operations and business of school. And I think, you know, what the reflection piece does is it just, like you said, it really slows you down and helps you connect with that bigger why and intentionally show up as the teacher or school leader, right? You you were meant to be. So what a tremendous gift. I think if there's if there's one superpower, right, that anybody can have at their disposal, and it actually doesn't take that much time. I don't know about your questions, but I have a, I have a tool and it's just, it's five minutes, right? It's five minutes of your evening to reflect on uh, six, six or seven questions. And you learn so much about yourself. So like I said, that'll be linked up for everybody in the show notes and, and definitely encourage you to check it out. All right. So Erica, what message would you put on all school marquees around the world? If you could do so for just a day. Such a hard question, <laughs> but my answer is maybe not the most original, but I think it's really important and it's 
to be the change you want to see in the world, which I just learned is attributed to Gandhi, but there's no evidence that he actually said it. But I still think like that. (laughs) (laughs) I still feel like the intention is good because I think that a lot of the, you know, we need to focus more on being and less on doing. And the more we can do that as adults and model that for our students, the more we can, you know, make that help that actually happen and that domino effect. Cool. And now, Erica, if you're building a school from the ground up, you're not limited by any resources, your only limitations, your imagination. How would you build your dream school and what would be the three guiding principles? I think it would be very different. But <laughs> the, I mean, number one for me is the well-being and humanity being honored as everybody involved and, you know, including families, including you know, every adult in the building, every child in the building and the people that they are affecting as well. Mental, mental health, physical health, moving more, having their basic needs met. That would be number one for sure. Number two, I think it's hard for me to like rank these after that. Like that's absolutely number one. And then it's like, there's so many other things we can do, but I'm going to go with alternate methods of assessment and understanding where students are. I've, I've moved away from grading as much as possible in my years of teaching because I, I just feel like a, a lot of times grades are harmful and don't mean a whole lot. And so I think if we can think about other ways to understand what our students are learning and how they're growing, um, that can be a lot more effective. And then again, just a bit more freedom in what students are learning, how they're learning, who they're learning it with. So personalized learning, but also, you know, maybe being grouped across grade levels for different things and combining content areas and being able to explore different ideas that they have. Kids are so curious and we, we put them in these, you know, very straight, narrow tracks. And I, I would like them to be able to explore a bit more. So those would be my three. Erica, thanks for being on the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast. We covered a lot of ground and everything of everything we talked about today. What's the one thing you want a ruckus maker to remember? You take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of yourself. Take care of your teachers. Take care of your students. Everybody deserves it. Everybody deserves some grace. And we can all do better together if we take care of each other. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed. Mm-hmm.